Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 30. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your direct connection to Gary Renard, best-selling author of The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and the upcoming book, Love Has Forgotten No One. I'm Gene Bogart, podcast producer and Gary's co-host, and he's been a traveling man. Ooh, ooh, he's been traveling. He's been to Europe. He's been to the universe. He just travels everywhere, and he's going to tell us more about it because he's here right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, please, the star of our show, Gary Renard. All right. <laughs> the big applause and the theme. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you doing? Very, very good. You have been a busy, busy guy. So folks will know, we actually saw each other in person just about a week ago when you were down here in South Florida, which we'll talk about. But prior to that, you had had a major trip. Why don't you tell us where you've been? Well, I will. Uh, you know, first of all, I want to mention, you know, I just realized when you said that, that this is our 30th uh, podcast. It's number 30. That's great. You know, it's like, uh, and they said it wouldn't last, you know. <laughs> what did they know? Yeah. And uh, actually, we started, wasn't it late 86? It's been over two and a half years. It yeah. was it was in the fall. I think it was in October or early November of the year. It'll be three years this yeah. this fall. Yeah, but it's been about two and a half, and uh, mm -hmm. this is thirty. Now, when we started, it was supposed to replace my uh, written, you know, uh, message of the month at my mm -hmm. website, mm -hmm. which it kind of has. I think. Yeah, we've uh, pretty much stuck to that. About it's averaged about one a month. Sometimes right. We do them closer together. Mm -hmm. and we go longer without, but uh, yeah, it's pretty good. We've been, uh, I think, pretty consistent in uh, getting out at least one a month, mm -hmm. and uh, I think it's great, and uh, it's, it's been a you know really great thing, because I had no idea that it would go not just all over America, but all over the world. Yeah, it is very international. It's the beauty of podcasting compared to, as we say, local broadcasting, where it's either regional or perhaps in a given country, but podcasts, as soon as it goes out, it is global. It's everywhere. Yeah, and it's really helped, because as you mentioned, I, I just got back from Europe before I saw you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Florida, and I went to uh, Amsterdam in uh, Holland, and after that I went to Paris, and uh, after that Barcelona mm. uh, in Spain. Now, I had been to uh, Amsterdam about two years ago, right? and I went to Paris a year ago, mm -hmm. and the books were really just getting started because it, you know, it took a long time for them to be translated and, uh, and to be introduced into these countries. And uh, when I was there the last time, I, it was kind of like when it was just starting out in America. It's like uh, I got the feeling, okay, it's starting to get going here, but it's not really well known. Mm -hmm. When I went this year, it was like everybody knew about the book. Ah. It was like everybody knew me. Uh, I wasn't a stranger anymore. People were you know, anxious to meet me and, and reading the books. And they're having the same impact on the people in those countries as they did uh, in America when the, when the book was first taking off and people oh, were getting great. excited about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really think that the podcasts are part of the reason for that. You know, it's, it's not the only reason, but I think it's certainly part of the reason mm -hmm. for that because uh, a lot of these people speak English and they do listen to the podcast. And even if they can't speak uh, English that well, they can understand it uh, better than they can speak it. Right. And right. so it's like... Uh, I think it's really helping, and of course there are other things too, including the publishers and my appearances there. But uh, you know, I just want to thank you once again, as I have many times, because uh, the podcast has made a big difference in uh, this whole thing. Oh, that's great, and it's it's really wonderful to to know that it has that kind of reach and that people really enjoy. Because we've heard from people in Scandinavia and, and and Asia, and as you say, sometimes even people when they'll email me and say, you know, I don't necessarily understand everything because I don't speak English perfectly, but I get enough out of it, and I, you know, and it's still, they still find themselves attracted to it, which is, uh, I guess, says something about the, the subject matter, I think, that we discuss is, is very universal, so hopefully it does cut across a lot of boundaries. I think it's true, and uh, it's introducing a lot of people to A Course in Miracles mm -hmm. and bringing a lot of, uh, you know, students back who kind of like uh, put it on their bookshelves years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're kind of like coming back to it. So that's really exciting. Hey, you were in yeah. Holland. I just want to say hello. I know that you got to see our friend Andre when you were over there, right? I sure did. And uh, Ariana, I think she was there too. Yeah, they the, were on the cruise. Right, right. Great friends and wonderful. And I go, big hug to Andre. I know he'd be listening to this. He's, oh, I love those guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a great time uh, in Amsterdam. It's a fascinating place. Mm -hmm. I did a great workshop. I didn't need a translator. 
in Holland because mo- almost everybody speaks English. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and of course they speak Dutch too. And, and the books are out in both English and Dutch. Mm-hmm. And we had a new translation uh, by Roger van Vlissingen, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was like, almost like a relaunch of uh, the book. And uh, it's doing really well there. Uh, I got to see some fascinating places. Uh, did the boat tour, mm-hmm. the canals, and. Uh, you know, Saturday night, I considered it to be my cultural duty. Uh, I have a, a couple of friends there, uh, Melissa and Seabrin, mm-hmm. uh, who originally hosted me two years ago. And uh, I was, stayed with them in Hauda, but this time uh, I stayed in Amsterdam. And they came over for a visit, and uh, they said, you got to go to the Red Light District. <laughs> you know, so we went to the Red Light District, and it, it's almost like a tourist attraction. Right? So, you, yeah. know, you, got, you, got, you know, like a thousand guys walking around uh, looking at these girls in the windows. <laughs> You know, and the girls are trying to get them to come in, and uh, which is legal there. Right, right. And uh, you know, it's just a, a very fascinating cultural activity. I'm sure you were there just for the cultural aspects of it all. Uh, I considered it to be my duty. Right, yeah, right. And uh, it was like um, there's a cafe there called Grasshoppers. Ah. And uh, a cafe in Holland means something different than a cafe uh, in America, ah. where you get just get coffee and stuff. Uh, there, they have this big menu up on the wall with all the different kinds of uh, marijuana oh. and uh, hashish that you can uh, have. And, uh, you know, once again, it's perfectly legal. Ah. And you can go and sit down and get a soft drink, smoke, and, you know, experience it. And the stuff that they have there is a lot better than most of the stuff in the world. Uh, so you hear. You know, certainly a lot better than the crap that we used to get back in the 70s. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the Seabrand said, let's get a joint, right? And uh, I said, well, you know, what the hell? <laughs> and uh, and we didn't want to sit in there, so we went, took it outside. But I and, didn't inhale. Yeah, well, actually, I did. <laughs> and, uh, so there's Siebert and I, you know, smoking a joint outside in the red light district of uh, Amsterdam. And uh, it was kind of surreal, you know, because then we started walking around and looking at things. And it was uh, just a, a very different kind of an experience, you know. Uh, last time I was there, I, I said in my... Uh, you know, kind of like posting at the Yahoo group, and by the way, big shout out to everybody. At that's the Yahoo right. Group. That's right. All our buds over there. I think I said, uh, you know, I'm not in Kansas anymore. I guess yes. <laughs> but uh, you so know, this, all, this is what illegal. A, this is what a spiritual teacher does in his downtime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't get really wasted or anything. I just, you know, got feeling a little good because the stuff that they have there makes you more mellow. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, you know, at least the stuff we used to get back in the 70s is like make you paranoid or something. That's right, looking for the narcs. Yeah, and uh, their stuff makes you feel kind of good and mellow and stoned at the same time. Much different, uh, ah. you know, so, you know, I'm not recommending this to anybody. No, of course not. Especially our younger people, the younger course and, and podcast listeners, you know, that uh, not don't do it. Well, it does wake you up to the fact that uh, different cultures are different. That's for that sure. Not everybody uh, has the same uh, hang-ups and beliefs that, uh, you know, people in some countries do. I won't mention any names, but, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. You know, it was just, uh, you know, fun, and, you know, the next day everybody's uh, fine. They're not hungover right. or anything. And uh, we continued on our merry way and had a great time. Uh, Paris was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had been to the Eiffel Tower before, but I never went up to the top. Ah. And uh, Cindy and I went up to the top of uh, the Eiffel Tower, and she's, you know, not a big fan of heights, mm-hmm. but she did fine, and we, we had dinner right in one of the restaurants on the Eiffel Tower itself. It was just, you know, wonderful views, and we went to all kinds of great places, you know, Notre Dame Cathedral, mm-hmm. and uh, this wonderful basilica that they have up on a hill elsewhere in town with a great view and beautiful places. We also did uh, the River Seine. Uh, Americans call it the River Seine, but it's actually pronounced the River Seine. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a wonderful tour. Did and, you uh, walk along the Rive Gauche? Oh, yes, yes. And also, uh, of the course, the, uh, the Champs-Élysées. Uh-huh. I used to call it the uh, Champs-Élysées. <laughs> but it's actually uh, the Champs-Élysées. And uh, we went to the top of uh, you know the Arc de Triomphe and stuff right. like that. And uh, you know, I said this before, but you can't turn around in Paris without seeing something amazing. You know, it's just uh, absolutely an incredible place. I was going to say, there must be just no shortage of, of historical and just beautiful uh, places and venues and things to see. We, were, we were, As Americans, we hear so much about that forever, you know, and I, I've never been over there. 
you know, other cities uh, really pale by comparison. Yeah. Uh, you know, the only thing that I've heard comes close to is uh, certain places in Italy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I'd, I've never been to Italy, even though my book is out in Italian, but uh-huh. I'd definitely like to go sometime. The disappearance of the universe. Yeah. That's it, I think. And Spain was really cool. We went to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, my publisher, Jordi, put me up at his place. And it was really great. And uh, I used these two really good translators, including uh, Miguel, who used to uh, be at the Yahoo group. And mm-hmm. he's the one who translated uh, the second book into Spanish. Uh-huh. He was part of the team that translated the first book, mm-hmm. uh, along with Lucia and uh, all my other pals. And uh, I did have to use a translator in Spain. Uh, we had Miguel and a woman doing what's called a simultaneous translation, mm-hmm. which is the best way to go. It's kind of like you're at the United Nations or something. Right. People who can't speak English put these earphones mm-hmm. uh, in their ear, and uh, then Miguel in a booth in the back will uh, keep up with me, and I don't have to change my style or anything. I can just speak the way that I normally speak. And he keeps up with me, and then the people who can't understand English hear it in Spanish over the earphone. Ah. And it uh, worked really well, and uh, it was just a great workshop. The people at all three places... They treated me so well. I mean, they treated me like I was a rock star or something, <laughs> and uh, you know, which is always fun. And they're just so warm and friendly. And uh, there's a phenomenon going on lately too. It seems like uh, you know, I sign these books at the end, and that goes on for a long time because I take the time to talk to people. Right. You know, I don't just yeah. you know brush them aside and you know keep the line moving like uh, a lot of other authors. I actually take the time. You know, to talk to people, and it seems now that uh, they're taking just as many pictures with me as they are having me sign books. <laughs> you know, it's mm. kind of like that's that's part of the new autograph uh, nowadays. You get your <laughs> picture taken uh, with somebody, and that's a lot of fun. But uh, the people were wonderful. And by the way, uh, there's this uh, town called I I don't know quite how to pronounce it, but uh, it's Sitges or something. And yeah. uh, it's uh, about a half an hour outside of Barcelona, right on the ocean. And that was the first time that I'd ever seen the Mediterranean. Ah. And uh, just a beautiful town, great church up, up on a hill, looking up and down the coast, all kinds of shops and cafes, and a uh, great place to walk. And uh, I just had a great time. But what I noticed the most was that uh, the books, especially the first book, The Disappearance of the Universe, has taken off there now. I didn't feel that way before. But I definitely feel that way now, and that's really exciting mm-hmm. to me to see it. Uh, of course, it is in 20 different languages. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, next week I'm going to Japan, of all places. And that should be fascinating. I've heard Japan is like, you know, just completely different uh, than the rest of the world. It's really a unique culture, uh, totally different. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I'll be in both Tokyo and Kyoto. Ah. And, uh, you know, that's going to be... Uh, fascinating time a little scary you know it's kind of like forgiveness opportunities come up uh, when you go to a place that's totally different oh, and, sure. you, and you don't know anybody and you don't know what you're doing and you don't know where you're going you know some people thrive on that kind of thing certain world travelers uh i'm more of a kind of like i, I like to uh kind of like know what's going on mm. I like to, you know kind of like know what hotel i'm staying at right <laughs> or something like that well you'll you'll have like personal hosting people there with you though right to help out with the you know translating and, and helping you get to places and things yeah i think so we haven't been able to get hold of them lately mm-hmm. so uh oh boy it should, it should be an adventure but uh you know i think it's gonna be fascinating i'll let you know about it and uh you know just to keep things going after japan uh within a couple of days uh i'll be in hawaii Yes, we were going to talk about your upcoming uh, rather special trip to Hawaii. That's right. I'm getting married. Yes, and I know it was just in your newsletter, so we're not actually breaking the news here, but it may still be news to some people. The gar man is tying the knot. That's right. Cindy and I are getting married in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and uh, it's on July the 11th, 7 7-11. 7-11? Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm really excited about it, so is she, and it's going to be a great time. And uh, we're keeping the wedding small, just uh, mm-hmm. mostly, uh, you know, some family members. There'll probably only be about uh, 18 people there. Mm, and a few dolphins. Oh, yeah. A few your old friends, they'll come oh, visit. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And uh, I'm really psyched about that. I'll be writing more about that uh, in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a report on it. Uh, good, good. But uh, I'm not going to say where it is, but... Uh, it's an undisclosed location. Yeah, right. that's right. And... Uh, 
you know, for most people uh, who have been to my website or been listening, uh, they know that Cindy is the one who you would call Arden in this lifetime. Will be will be Arden in the in the upcoming lifetime. That's right. right. And uh, so you could say that she was Thaddeus uh, two thousand. Right. Ago. The same. So the same. Kind of like, that kind of like completes the circle because we know who's who in all three mm-hmm. lifetimes and how they're connected. And of course, there are many more uh, dream lifetimes than that where we're connected. But uh, I like it because it brings up the subject of time. It brings mm-hmm. up the, the fact that it all happened all at once. And then we appear to replay, you know, the whole thing in a linear fashion. Right. When, you know, the truth is this wedding has already happened and everything's already happened. But we kind of like uh, act it out as we go along and we think that we're making it up as we go along. Right. But uh, the truth is it's already there. So that's the kind of like uh, paradox of time where uh, you think that you're making it up and doing these things and, you know, uh, attracting things to you and all that when the truth is uh, it's already there. And, uh, you know, I I look at these things like uh, in a good way that I'm projecting them. Uh, I don't think that I'm attracting them to me because then it's kind of like uh, it's outside of you and you're making it come to you. Yeah. Where uh, I think that with, uh, you know, if you're going to uh, create a hologram in the illusion, then part of that process is the fact that you don't, you're the one who's projecting it, that it's coming from you. It's mm-hmm. not coming to you, uh, which puts you at the effect of things. It's actually coming from you, which puts you at cause. So there is a difference uh, between those two approaches. Uh, a lot of people are into things like the secret and the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're both illusions, of course. Uh, then there's this guy named uh, Robert Scheinfeld who's mm-hmm. in the movie uh, that I'm in. I'm in this movie called Leap. Uh, for people who don't know, it, it, it's uh, available through my website, but uh, you can also go to uh, leapmovie.com. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I mean, it's an exciting movie. And there's this guy in this movie called Robert Scheinfeld. Yeah. And uh, he has a book uh, called Busting Loose from the Money Game. And uh, at first glance, it looks like it's about uh, money and uh, getting rich. And it has kind of like a, a lame cover uh, picture on it. And it <laughs> oh, I'm sure Robert's going to be so happy to hear your critique. Well, uh, <laughs> well I, agree, actually, I agree with you. I, I, I have to say that. It, it, looks, a, it, it looks a little uh, pre-formatted. But yeah. I, I read the book at your suggestion, actually. We talked about this a little bit once before. And yeah, it, I mean, I'm sure you'll go ahead, but it, it is really interesting. And it actually is it's, it's a better book than the cover would let on. Let's say that. Well, I think it's a great book. Yeah, it uh, is. I, ver- I very seldom uh, you know, recommend books to people that right. are not specifically about A Course in Miracles. Right, I know. And, and I was surprised when you recommended this to me a while, some months ago, and that's why I went and read it. And, and yeah, it's very impressive. Uh, some of the impressive things about it is, first of all, he doesn't make any of it real. Right. Uh, he's very clear that the whole thing is an illusion, and there's absolutely no reality to it whatsoever. Uh, he does uh, spiritualize the creative process. Uh, as being like God, I don't agree with that, but at the same time, uh, what I see are preferences that I have. Mm -hmm. I've heard Ken Wapnick say this also. It's kind of like, you know, you you have to choose. You can't wear a blue sweater and a red sweater at the same time. Unless you're Superman. Right, so you choose one or the other. And uh, what Scheinfeld is saying is that you can create the reality that you prefer. Mm -hmm. You know, you can uh, actually make holograms show up within the holographic universe, within the illusion of time and space, you can actually make things show up, and then he demonstrates the technology as to how to do that. And uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, mm-hmm. should people feel guilty about having a preference? Uh, well, you know, I'd rather uh, have this than that. I mean, as long as you appear to be here, you're going to be doing things, you're going to be making choices. Right. Uh, it reminds me of the psychotherapy pamphlet of The Course in Miracles. Uh, it doesn't advise a therapist to change what they're doing. It doesn't advise the therapist as to what to do. That's mm-hmm. between you and the Holy Spirit. What it's about is the way that you're looking at it. You know, so A Course in Miracles is done at the level of the mind always, and it's always about your perception and how you're looking at things. As far as what you do, that's not important. You know, that's just a decision that you make with the Holy Spirit, which helps to undo the idea of separation. Of course, if you don't do it with the Holy Spirit, then it just reinforces the idea mm-hmm. of separation, because now you're relying on yourself, and you're tr- trying to manifest things and attract things, and, and you're the one who's making the decision to do that. That's actually uh, reinforcing separation. That's why, no matter what you do, I think uh, it's important to do it with the Holy Spirit. And what's important is not what you do, but how you're looking at what you do, which is your perception of it, which is always done at the level of the mind. And that's, you know, kind of like the difference between A Course in Miracles and most things, 
in uh, busting loose from the money game is similar to that in the sense that it is done at the level of the mind right. uh, rather than the level of the effect. And then on top of that, uh, he actually seems to be uh, using the same model in the sense that he's saying that the real answer to a problem cannot be found within the system that made the problem. Right. You can't have the solution at the effect level. You have to have, as you were just saying, it has to be at the cause level. That's right. It's like Einstein said, you can't solve a problem at the same level of thinking that made the problem. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so what this guy does is he, he finds an answer that is completely outside the box, completely outside the what he calls the money game or the system. But it's not just about money. I mean, you could apply this to anything. Right. You know, it doesn't matter what subject you're talking about. You could apply the same uh, method to anything. So I'm not recommending uh, the book as an alternative to A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. I, I do A Course in Miracles. Right. What I'm saying is is that it does a much better job of explaining how things show up in the illusion. And uh, it, in that sense, it's fascinating. It, it uses a lot of science. It, uh, you know, uh, physicists are actually experimenting with making real holograms. In other words, making, you know, things that appear to be physically real mm-hmm. show up you know, within the illusory hologram. Yeah, things there's that, I think you mentioned once before, the, there was some experiment where they've developed something where you can put your hand in a box and feel something, and you feel it there in your hand, but there's really nothing there, and it's some, somehow it's holographically created to seem like it's there. Yes, now yeah. that, te- that technology already exists, yeah. and uh, I think the only difference is, is that you'll actually see this physical object, it'll be a real physical object, so... You don't just see it, you can actually touch it and interact with it, and it's, yeah, and it's yeah, not actually there. Yeah, I think that 10, 20 years from now, you'll hear about scientists actually creating an apple. Yeah. You know, and having an apple show up that wasn't there before and having it be a real apple. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to explain the technology, but Scheinfeld does a very good job of doing that. Mm-hmm. You have to read the whole book to get it. But, and uh, as you said, too, as we talked about, we were talking about this a little bit last week, and we're saying how it's it's not A Course in Miracles, obviously, but the mechanics don't violate the principles of A Course in Miracles. So you still can make sense of it, you know, and it and it does seem to work. That's true. So, uh, you know, I would say do the course, but if you're, sure. but if you're going to be interested in, uh, you know, kind of like making things happen, so to speak, which the course is not really about, right? Uh, then I would recommend this over other things because it's coming from a place of cause rather than effect. It's explaining that the answer is not anywhere in the effect, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just for those two reasons alone, it's miles ahead of uh, most things. There is a difference, and. Uh, I would call it the most groundbreaking book in, as far as uh, success is concerned. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, the most important one since Think and Grow Rich, yeah. which is about 80 years old now. And uh, I think this is a whole other level above these other things. But, I, you know, I don't want to make a, too big a deal out of it, right. because uh, what people should be doing is doing A Course in Miracles. But what I'm saying is you're, you're going to do something, you know, while you appear to do here. You're going to have a job, you know, you're going to... Uh, you know, have goals. I'm getting married next month. I know that it's uh, not real, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like uh, what Shakespeare said. You know, you're you're playing your part. You know, in this uh, grand play, and uh, you know, as long as you're here, you're going to appear to be playing your part. So, you know, why not enjoy it? And as Ken uh, said about preferences, you know, it's like I'd prefer to have a car that doesn't get me stranded all the time and runs properly. So it's not a matter of judgment, really. It's just that, well, like the two sweaters thing, I'm going to put one on or the other. Which one do I want today? It just makes life seem a little easier while I still seem to be here. I think that's a really good way of putting it. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, getting married, I'm really uh, excited about that. Yeah, I can see uh, why. For those who don't know, uh, Cindy's name is Cindy Laura. She's going to take the name Cindy Laura uh, Bernard. Mm-hmm. A hyphenate. Yeah. But uh, for those of you who want to know more about her, uh, there is a, a page at my website called Art and Revealed, and there's uh, pictures of us and some stuff about Cindy, and at the bottom of that, there's a link to her website, uh, cindylaura.com. Uh, she's a hypnotherapist. She's a, a counselor. She'll have her master's degree in psychology from the University of Santa Monica in about two months. Mm. She's already done all the work for it. Maybe she can start to figure you out. Yeah, really. (laughs) And then on top of that, as if that wasn't enough, uh, she has two marvelous CDs. She's a great singer, Mm -hmm. uh, pianist, and songwriter. And uh, her CDs are already selling, and uh, they're excellent. Uh, One's a meditation CD, which is great for all these uh, healers. uh, But anybody who likes to meditate or just wants to relax, and one of those songs which she wrote is called uh, Scene from the Disappearance of the Universe. Mm. 
and uh, you know, when we get the TV series, then we'll use that uh, within the show itself. You know, actually, uh, it's a beautiful piano piece that she wrote. And I think that when we segue from one time period to another, we'll have that music come on, so that it, right away people will hear it and know, that, okay, we're changing time periods mm-hmm. now. We're going, you know, from uh, one, you know, theming incarnation to another. Plus, she has another great CD, and uh, plus, she's really beautiful. And, uh, <laughs> yes, she is. She sure is, and uh, so I feel uh, very lucky, you know, and uh, very privileged. And uh, you know, I know we're going to take a couple of questions here, but um, there's one other thing I wanted to mention because this just happened. This just, uh, you know, was set up uh, in the last week or so. Uh-huh. We are going to do another cruise. You told me about that, and I have something ready for you. There you go. If that doesn't get you into a cruising mood, what will? <laughs> yeah, we. I think we may have talked about the possibility of a future cruise, and apparently now it's not just a possibility, it's actually on the boards. That's right. Uh, we're actually going to Mexico. Ooh. And uh, we're going to what's called the Mexican Riviera, uh-huh. which includes a few places like uh, Puerto Vallarta mm-hmm. and... Uh, What's that other place? I can't think right now of all these. Well, there's a few down that way. Acapulco is down that way. Puerto Vallarta. There's uh, a there's a few others. Cabo San Lucas. Oh, Cabo. Yeah, Cabo. Yeah, I don't think we're going to Acapulco. We're going to another place, Mm -hmm. uh, which is right at the tip of the Baja Peninsula. Anyway, it's what's called the uh, Mexican Riviera. Mm -hmm. It's going to be next April, April the 10th Mm -hmm. uh, through the 17th. It's a week long cruise, and uh, you know I've been to Mexico a couple of times in the uh, winter, early spring there. And the weather is absolutely fabulous. Yeah. You know, it's just great. It's warm, you know, a little bit humid, which I like, you know, because uh, California is very dry. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's uh, very tropical down that way. And it's all, it's all in this case, Pacific Ocean or Gulf or whatever that is, it's all waterfront. Yeah, oh. yeah. And uh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And we're going to have a great time. We're calling it uh, the South of the Border Cruise. But uh, why don't you tell the people uh, what the subtitle of the cruise is? <laughs> we, we had discussed this, and I may have to do a new TV commercial, because the subtitle for the cruise will be, We don't need no stinking ego! <laughs> <laughs> for anybody who's seen my Bandito commercial, you just pictured that face, if you will, saying that. We may have to update that now. That's right. <laughs> we don't need no stinking ego, but we don't. I, I think that's a great name, actually. A great subtitle. <laughs> that's right. And, and you can see Gene's Bandito commercial at YouTube. That's okay. right, right. And there's, there's a link at forgiveness.tv to get there, or just go to YouTube and look under my name. Uh, also, also your website, I think. Uh, yes, yes. You can go to genebogart.com as well. I never mentioned my own website, but maybe I just thought it would be obvious. Uh, yeah, are you going to take that still photo of my Bandito face and like incorporate that into the promo? I think you uh, should, because there has to be some visual link to the we don't need no stinking ego kind of thing. You know? We could work on that. I'll right. either uh, put it on the, the promo or right at my website, one of the two. People will either be irresistibly drawn to the cruise, or they'll be horrifyingly <laughs> sent away. I don't know which from that face. Well, <laughs> you know, this could be the most fun cruise of all, because it's, yeah. uh, everything is so laid back uh, in Mexico. And mm-hmm. It's beautiful, and uh, we're going to have a great time. You know, we, we're going to... Uh, Roll up a fatty of fun and fellowship. <laughs> and by that, you mean like an enchilada. <laughs> yes, an enchilada. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, that should be... Uh, I, I, one thing I will not do is drink tequila, because I've tried it before. Oh, really? And uh, it's just a bit much. Okay. Uh, for me. So you're yeah. going to stick to mojitos or something? Right? <laughs> oh, I, I can't do mojitos either. Oh. I, I tried I tried that, too. I have to stick to beer. Well, yeah, you've got yeah. the you like Mexican beer, so you're all set. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Corona mm-hmm. with a lime. I think you can't beat the taste of that. There you go. We go to Cabo, though. Isn't that where um, uh, uh, Sammy Hagar, the, the rock singer, that's where he's got his place down there, right? I think. Yeah. And he has yeah. his own Cabo Wabo tequila or something, but I think they might make a rum. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think But they you do. don't have to drink. You can have a non alcoholic beer and party with Sammy and Gary and Gene on the cruise. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, most of the people uh, who come on these cruises are, of course, Miracles people. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not big drinkers or anything. They just, you know, some of them don't drink at all. Some of them might have one or two, you know, just uh, get feeling good. And then there's Gary and Gene. <laughs> <laughs> some of us make up for the others. 
<laughs> well, the last cruise, and I will just talk briefly on this one, but, uh, but our last uh, Happy Dream cruise, it was just, a, well, we've said this before, but once again, you and I were just talking recently how much fun it was, because we had some people who liked to put away a few drinks at night and others who weren't drinking anything, and we're all partying together. We'd all be in the piano bar. We'd all be out in the different lounges, and everybody just had a great fun time with each other. So it was really, really cool, and I'm sure we'll have that same kind of vibe on uh, any upcoming cruise, because maybe it's just because the people who gravitate to course study and and your books it it just they're just of that like mind and we just as we always said it felt like family from the moment we all got together right through the whole seven days so i'm sure that's going to be true of of, and it was like that in alaska we all just had it was just like a you know a big gathering of of like-minded souls that's true um a lot of us have stayed in touch with each other oh yeah uh, after the cruises Mm -hmm. you know like uh martin came uh Oh, buddy Martin from England. He was in Barcelona. That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. A couple of people in Holland, a couple mm-hmm. in France. Uh, we do get some people uh, from around the world. Uh, most are from America. And the thing is, uh, we, during the course of the week, we become very much like a family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, stay in touch. Lifelong friends are made. Actually, that's uh, not just one of my favorite parts of doing the cruises. That's one of my favorite parts of all the workshops that I do is that people meet each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, They stay in touch. Maybe they'll form a study group. Maybe not. That doesn't matter. But it's like uh, you you have all these people connecting, and uh, then they share the course with more people. You know, just naturally. Not like you're selling it or anything. Right. You know, like sharing it with friends or whatever. And uh, it does seem to expand very naturally. It's very organic. It just happens in and of itself. There's no, you know, there's no pressure or anything else. It just seems to feel so natural when it occurs. Absolutely. And and uh, this cruise is going to be, I can just feel it, a lot of fun. As I mm-hmm. said, I've been down there in the winter, and it's uh, just a great place to go. I've always done well uh, in Mexico. I've done workshops. Uh, in Acapulco, Cancun, <coughs> uh, places like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people have always been, like, really warm, really friendly, you know, really nice. Because they know you from through the band. He's the Bandito's Amigo. <laughs> yeah, <That's> a- <laughs> Bandito's Amigo. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, the people have been great to me, really uh-huh. great. And uh, the uh, the distribution of the disappearance of the universe in Spanish is being taken over by Hay House, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, on October the 1st. So the book should be more available uh, in Spanish-speaking countries than it has been. Oh, because been it, it had been through someone else before that? Yeah, this company in uh, in Spain ah. was doing it. And, uh, you know, they didn't really distribute the book the way that it should be. It's It's been available, but not as available as it should have been. And that I think that will be solved uh, by the end of the year. And uh, so that's good. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the cruise more uh, me, later, but it's going to be great. I know we're, fun. You I, and Helen will be there. Oh, swell. I love the cruises. And uh, you need the announcer. You need to have somebody open up for you. That worked out great last time. Yeah, maybe we can record uh, another podcast. That yeah. was so successful. People just love that. We'll definitely plan on that again because we we actually did a recording, and I'm still going to release more of the video from that recording on YouTube. There's one clip there already, and I'm going to get to the others. But we did all the audio version of that as two of our podcast episodes a couple of shows ago, and yeah, people just loved that, and we loved it with it with it, where you could do questions for Gary with the people asking the questions right in front of you and having you know the reaction of the audience. It was so much fun. So we're definitely going to plan on that again. Great. By the way, before we do a couple of questions, I just want to mention that at the, uh, it's called the ULC Conference, or uh, right. Universal, Universal Lightworkers Conference, mm-hmm. which uh, we went to last September, uh, Jane and Helen played in the band. Well, it was just last week when we were there. We, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when we had the, this year's. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And my wife Helen and I, we as we do every year, because we're old friends with Michael Mirdad and uh, Robin Rose and Armand and John Seri and all the other people, Ron Gossio puts the band together there, uh, and we all get up and perform every year, and we did that again this year. We almost got you to join us. We were just talking about when's Gary going to strap on that guitar again, but uh, you were there partying around while we were playing. And it is so much fun. It's a great conference. Uh, Gary was the keynote speaker, so people will know if you weren't there. Uh, you did the closing presentation on the Sunday. It's a three-day event, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in Fort Lauderdale. And, uh, yeah, you went over great, uh, a lot of funny jokes, a lot of great co- uh, great content. Uh, so people just love your presentation. And we have a wonderful time. It's a wonderful group of folks. Talk about, again, as we said, that like-minded soul kind of thing where we're all there for a very loving and positive purpose. And it really is contagious in, uh, in the best of ways. So it was terrific. And that was just last week. 
That's right. In yeah. fact, when you when you and Alan were playing with the band, I actually danced. You did. You yeah, did. You which, danced. Uh, yes. Which I yeah don't do that very often. So <laughs> I, I must have been having a good time. <laughs> what was the thing where you have to be careful about sex? It could lead to dancing. Wasn't that an old joke? Or I don't. Yeah, remember. That, that, I think the joke was uh, you know why do uh, Mormons uh, you know not believe in uh, premarital sex? And uh. the answer is uh, they're afraid that it will lead to dancing. <laughs> <laughs> but that was an absolutely great time our friends pat and mike the two of them they were on the cruise with us as well talking about people and and several people sam our buddy sam she's a sweetie she was there and uh I, I'll, I'll get stuck not mentioning everybody but there were so many people there that it is a great ongoing community that forms including our du group as we talk about over six thousand members there now that's right yeah yeah, that's a great forum, uh, very loving, uh, very knowledgeable about A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a very high level of stuff, but there's also a lot of fun, too. And uh, it's just a great group of people, very much like a community. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with the way that that has turned out because, you know, we started it, uh, and I believe that this month makes uh, six years. Probably, yeah. Yeah, or close to it, and uh, no, maybe a little over. Six might years. be over six it was years. April, yeah. uh, but there was only one message the first month. <laughs> and that was that was this guy named Nelson who started it. Started slow. Yeah, and, so he's uh, still around. But, I don't know if I've heard from him in a while. I haven't seen him in a couple of years. I met yeah. him in uh, San Francisco uh-huh. uh, a few years back, and uh, you know he's a really good guy, uh-huh. uh, Japanese guy. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. I think yeah. Nelson's should send in a question for Gary. Send it to me, to Gene at GeneBogart.com. And uh, I'll make sure we get to that one because he deserves to have a question answered right away because he started your group at DU. At, yes, at Yahoo. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of questions, this real quick one, because it has to do with your uh, Spanish translation. Now, this one just came in, but it just was right on the top of my head. Uh, it came from Veronica from Buenos Aires, Argentina. And yeah. she, she wanted to ask you about your books. Uh, she said uh, uh, she wanted to find out if they're here in Argentina. Have they been translated into Spanish? Because she said she was looking in the bookshops, couldn't find them. And she also wanted to know if you're going to come to Argentina anytime. Because uh, she says, I wish to participate in some seminar of him. So thanks so much for all that. She said, your books have changed her life. But yeah, going into the Spanish thing, is that going to perhaps shift now that Hay House is taking over translating those versions in Spanish? Yeah, I think so. In fact, that was the uh, problem I was talking about when, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just wasn't being distributed well enough. Yeah. So I'm really happy that Hay House is taking over. I think that will solve the problem. It will be uh, available mm-hmm. in Argentina. I would love to go to Buenos Aires, uh, which is considered to be about the coolest city in South America. Mm. And, uh, I'd love to go there. I'd love to go to Rio uh, in Brazil. Right. Uh, there's also going to be uh, a new Portuguese translation uh, for Brazil, you know, that'll be available soon. Uh, it's uh, They're kind of like switching over the Portuguese language. There used to be two different Portuguese languages for writing, and now there's going to be one. So that's mm. uh, supposed to be acceptable in both countries. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think that... Uh, before too long, maybe a year from now or something, I could go to uh, Rio, I could go to Buenos Aires. I'd love to take a little side trip over to Machu Picchu because I've always oh, wanted man. to see it in Peru. That's got to be unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I've never been to South America. I've been to Central America and Mexico, but I've never been to South America, so that would be a great trip. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Cool. And uh, we'll just uh, keep working it out because I do stay in contact uh, with the translators in both countries. Uh, you know, uh, Argentina and in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the translations are going good. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, of course, the Hay House translation is already done. But, uh, I mean, as far as the di- distribution uh, is concerned, I am keeping in touch with people about that. And also both the translation and distribution in Brazil. And, uh, yeah, I, it's a bit much to keep up with because uh, the books are in, like, uh, 20 different languages now. Mm. And... Uh, you know, I didn't even know that the second book was out in French until somebody sent me an email and said they were reading it. <laughs> well, I guess it's there. Yeah. yeah it's got to be almost impossible for, for you or for any one person to keep track of all that. And you just kind of hope that the expansion is all happening as it should. But it's good that you know, especially in, in the Spanish and the Dutch and now the French, that you know it's being done properly and that the, the true word is getting out. That's true. And, you know, with the amount of travel that I do... Uh, I can't, you know, kind of like micromanage everything. Right. Like uh, Foundation for Inner Peace, uh, Ken Wapnick, the Foundation for Course Miracles, that's their job. That's a, like their whole full-time 
uh, thing is uh, just, you know, managing that. Of course, Ken teaches as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but uh, with the amount of traveling I do, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to, you know, even have the books. And, uh, you know, so it's like uh, I have to concentrate on mostly the speaking and the writing when I can, and I'm trying to switch that around a little bit so that I have more time to write, because I really still don't, do want to stick to uh, Art and Purse's guidance of, yeah. of having a new book every year. Uh, I think everybody knows the third book has been long delayed. No, really? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those 500 emails I've gotten asking me about that is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you meant. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to call it, when it comes out, we're going to call it The Long Awaited. The yeah. <laughs> Love Has Forgotten No One. <laughs> <laughs> or as I think I suggested earlier, Love Still Has Forgotten No One. Or that could be the sequel. But uh, yeah. yeah. But it, it is in the works. It's just uh, there's been some kinks in the uh, in the flow, I guess. huh? Yes, definitely. Yeah. And, and uh, mostly caused by me and the extreme amount of traveling uh-huh. uh, that I've been doing. And so that's why uh, you know, I always say this, but I think actually uh, after... Oh, Thanksgiving or so, I've got to, uh, you know, cut down a little bit. I'm still going to speak. I'm still going to travel, mm-hmm. but not at the extreme pace that I've been doing the last five years. Yeah. Oh, you've been crazy. Last, especially the last several years, it's been more than it was the first few, and uh, that was a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but uh, it'll come out exactly when it's supposed to. And uh, in the meantime, you know, I have an audio CD uh, called Fearless Love that's doing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sounds true. That's exciting. Uh, the movie that I'm in, which is called Leap, mm-hmm. uh, that's doing very well. Yeah, I haven't Better seen that yet. I, I have to check that out. You tell me it was really interesting. Yeah, it's very well done. I, it's the most exciting one that I've seen in that genre. Mm-hmm. And uh, plus I have uh, two G- DVDs out from the same company that did the movie. So all these things are kind of like acting as preparation for the book. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that they'll all fit together. And I know... Uh, you know, a lot of people are still reading the second book, uh, Your Immortal Reality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it'll all work out. Uh, the third book, Love is Forgotten On, is a very personal book. Uh, it has to do with uh, my relationship with Karen, uh, what happened, how we broke up, why we broke up, how it went, uh, how we uh, eventually settled the divorce between the two of us. And there's a lot of forgiveness uh, lessons and then a lot of forgiveness to kind of like resolve those lessons. Mm-hmm. And it's also about Cindy and her family and how we met and uh, how all these things fit together from lifetime to lifetime. Uh, it's a very interesting book for me because it, the synchronicity of the events in my life has been absolutely incredible. And it really demonstrates how from dream lifetime to dream lifetime, and even within one lifetime where you appear to live many different lifetimes, within one lifetime. I mean, I look back at my life here, you know, it's not my real life, but what mm. appears to be life, right. and it's like, um, I can't really identify with me as a teenager. It's like, yeah. I look back and see what I was like, that, you know, how can that be me? It's, it's a different person altogether. Right. So it's like, uh, even within one lifetime, we have different bodies, we live different, uh, you know, parts of that lifetime that are practically like lifetimes within themselves. And, uh, you know, it's all a dream, but, uh, you know, it's a serial dream where you are presented, as the Course says, with lessons, you know, trials of the lessons presented once again, where, you know, where you made a faulty choice before, and now you can make a better one and, and thus escape, you know, all the pain that your previous decision brought to you. Well, that's always true, and it's not just true within one lifetime, it's true from lifetime to lifetime. And, uh, you know, if you don't resolve a forgiveness opportunity in this lifetime, then you'll be presented with it again. And uh, even if it's in a different lifetime, yeah, the form may look a little bit different, but the content is the same. And uh, it'll look very similar just in, in a different time period or a different culture or whatever, but it's really still the same. And that's why I think it's so important for those of us who know about the Course and who know about forgiveness, you know, it's so important for us to take advantage of the opportunities that we have right now to forgive. This is the time. You know, this is the time to do it. No, there's no need to, you know, put it off. And uh, every time you do it, something is happening. There's some kind of a healing taking place. Right. And as you've said before, even if you're not aware of it, it's still happening. That's right. Uh, the Course says a miracle is never lost. It mm-hmm. can have undreamed of effects in situations of which you are not even aware. Right. And uh, sometimes that healing could be taking place at the subatomic level. Sometimes you can't see it. You know, but there's always a healing, some kind of a healing that is taking place. Uh, there's no such thing as an, as an idle thought. Mm-hmm. You know, all thoughts are important, and they all have uh, 
effects, but it's the thoughts themselves that are important. And uh, by changing our mind from the ego's kind of like interpretation of things over to the Holy Spirit's interpretation of things, then uh, you're really doing something because now you're practicing forgiveness from a level of cause instead of effect, which is so important. Uh, because the level of effect kind of forgiveness that doesn't work. It just keeps things recycling, and, and you know, it keeps them intact in the unconscious mind, which is a whole other subject. But uh, the important thing is to do it, and that's why you know it's so important to actually uh, do it when you have the opportunity. I know it doesn't always look like an opportunity. Uh, a lot of the times, it'll just look like a pain in the ass. But <laughs> you know, it'll. Uh, well, those are the opportunities. Maybe yeah, that, so that's the, 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 the red light that has to go on to, to alert us that that's the time to, that's an opportunity to forgive. So sometimes, I know I don't want to sound too Pollyanna, but sometimes when the, the most horrible or annoying things happen, that's our most golden opportunity to put in the forgiveness practice. Because when things are going great, you don't think about that. That's right. Uh, the way the Course puts it in the Manual for Teachers, it says, you know, the perfect lesson is always there right in front of them, although this is seldom recognized. Mm, yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, people are so used to reacting to what they're seeing uh, that they forget that uh, it's not coming at them. You know, it's kind of like allude to something we were saying earlier. It's right. actually coming from them, and it's their projection. And if it's their projection, then they, they can uh, change their mind about it, which is actually like changing the film and the projector. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it creates a different experience. And uh, it's an experience that's well worth having compared to the one you would have had if you didn't know how to forgive. Mm-hmm. One thing, let me do this. I've got a question in front of me here. It's going to tie in perfectly with this. But since we just touched base on what we said a little earlier, um, again, talking about the busting loose process, you're dealing kind of with the hologram, which is sort of where we think we are in the physical world and we're not actually here. This is the effect that's being projected, if you will, from the place that's at least more so the place of cause. Um, when When he's talking about getting to the place of cause to make changes in the hologram, would you say that that's kind of like, since you can't actually make anything new that's not already in the script, but it's shifting you to one of those alternative realities within the script, and in that alternative reality, that's where the hologram worked out better. So you can either shift to that or not, depending on how you make the choice. Is that about accurate? Uh, I think that's accurate. The only thing I would add to that is that when it comes to changing uh, dimensions of time, uh, that's a decision that is made not by you, but by the Holy Spirit. Right. All we do is, is make ourselves willing to have that happen. Right. We're willing. Uh, we play our part. We practice forgiveness. And uh, when I talk about uh, popping up a uh, hologram, it's not done from uh, the level of the body or the brain. It's done from the level of the mind that made the entire illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, a reference in The Course of Miracles to Buddha uh, and how he got in touch with with the one ego mind that made the entire illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that ego mind is, uh, if you get back to that first you know, split, which mm-hmm. of course calls consciousness being the first split, uh, that consciousness, that whole, the whole thing, is where the hologram is coming from. Mm-hmm. That's where it was projected from. It's not coming from you on an individual basis. Right. But you can join with uh, you know, your higher self, and there are certain other things, I'm not going to list them, Right. but they're all necessary. And, uh, you know, if anything, it'll give you a much different experience, because now you're not at the effect of things. You're at, you're at the level of cause. Mm-hmm. And the only difference between uh, Buddha and Jesus was that Jesus just took it a, one big step further. He said that, look, none of that is true. Mm-hmm. You know, even that whole one higher self, as you call it, that made the universe of time and space, even that is not real. And the only thing that's real is the God that it appeared to split from. Yeah. So that's why the Course is non-dualistic. It's saying that of the, of the seeming world of that one uh, higher self, ego, mind, between that world and the world of God, only the world of God is true, and nothing else is true, period. You know, so that's, uh, that's what makes the Course different than other things. Uh, it's not trying to spiritualize uh, the making of holograms. It's not trying to uh, spiritualize... You know, anything that has a form or a border to it, mm-hmm. uh, or anything that seems to be separate from God, which by definition, if you have a split that created consciousness, then, you know, that is something that seems to be separate from God, which means that even that is not real. And the only thing that is real is God. And so what the Course does, it takes it a step further and says, well, look, what you really want to do is, yeah, I mean, you, you can do that stuff in the universe of time and space. You can, uh, you know, kind of like, 
you know, pop up a Mercedes or something if that's what you really want. But you have to realize that ultimately it's nothing. And uh, it's not important. It's not worth worrying about uh, because there's nothing here that's real, which means there's nothing here worth worrying about. Mm -hmm. And uh, what you really want to concentrate on is going home to God. And the best way to do that is no matter what you do, including uh, busting loose or anything else, which is still part of the illusion, no matter what you do, what you really want to do is forgive whenever you have the opportunity to forgive, and that's what will get you home to God the fastest. And uh, that's the one distinction between A Course in Miracles, because it's saying that instead of all these uh, you know, millions of things that you think that you have to make or to choose between or whatever, there are really only two things, and only one of them is real. Right. You know, so the Course is saying that uh, rather than trying to balance body, mind, and spirit, what you do is you use the mind to choose between spirit, which is not a separation idea, but actually all of it, not part of it, like the idea of the soul, but all of it, like the idea of spirit in A Course in Miracles, where ultimately you are no different than God. That is what you are. You're an extension of God. Right. Yeah. You are love. Uh, you don't have to struggle to be that. You already are. All you have to do is undo the fault you, and uh, you undo it by making a choice. You know, who are you going to see it with? Uh, the Course says that freedom to choose is your one remaining freedom as a prisoner of this world. You can decide to see it right. And what it's saying is you can decide to see it with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego, take on the right interpretation of what you're seeing. And that's a consistent thought system that will always lead to forgiveness, and forgiveness always leads to love. You know, forgiveness is the means of the atonement. Well, forgiveness always leads to love, so you don't have to work on that part. It, that'll happen naturally. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is forgive whatever you're seeing, including whatever you're doing, uh, including busting loose from the money game, including playing baseball or, or you know, uh, smoking a doobie or whatever. You know, you, you forgive what you're doing, and uh, as a result of that, that undoes the ego, that forgiveness undoes the ego, you undo the ego, and love is all that's left. You know, the Holy Spirit is all that's left, and eventually, in your experience, you return to spirit. You actually return to being what you really are, right. which is perfect spirit, uh, instead of any form or separation that appears to exist. Well, you're returning to the awareness of spirit because you never were not. You never left it. You just yeah. think you did. That's true. Yeah, and it's always removing the blocks to love's awareness. You don't have to do, you need do nothing. One of my favorite phrases from the Course, you simply must be willing. And if you're willing to have all of that removed with the Holy Spirit's help, eventually what you come back to is the purity of what you have always been. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, buddy, I hate to uh, talk and run, but... uh I've got about uh, 10,000 things to do before I leave for Japan, so okay. I'm going to get out of here. Let me, let me just wrap it up with this, because this last question, I've been wanting just to get to this one, and it ties in with what we just said. I think we may have answered most of it already. The reason I wanted to bring this up, it's from a, a buddy of ours. Uh, this was written a while ago from our friend Jamie, Jamie Hosmer. Jamie's a, a terrific musician. He's out of Las Vegas. And, and after he wrote this, subsequent to that, I've actually gotten to meet him in person. He was down here in Florida doing a show. And he's a great guy, really great, loves our podcast, has a great course student uh but i thought this would be good and it really ties in with this i wanted to mention the thing he said that i think you'll like hearing he says he uses a quote from your book your immortal reality before performances when he's going on stage he says i can get a bit nervous what he does is the one that says i who remain as god created me would loose the world from all i thought it was for i am real because the world is not and i would know my own reality he says that has an amazing effect just before he goes on stage that is great. That's from that uh, workbook lesson, I Loose the World from All I Thought It Was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so people can look up the workbook lesson. It's great. And I think that that's one of my favorite sayings, definitely. But, and uh, I'm not surprised that, that uh, he would use that. Yeah, I think people could... It, it really inspires peace, yeah. I think. And I think that, that other folks could, could apply that to speaking in public if you're nervous, going on a job interview, going on a date, whatever it might be. I think that's a great way to sort of really center yourself with, with the reality of what you are. And the fear goes away, or at least it's certainly minimized. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a beautiful quote and uh, very profound. And, uh, you know, there are certain uh, you know phrases as you read the Course that just kind of like jump off the page at you. Yeah. And uh, they're not always the same for everybody. You know, sometimes they're different for different people because, uh, as we say, the truth is simple, but the ego is not. Uh, mm-hmm. The ego is very complicated. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's why the Course says that the curriculum is highly individualized. Uh, the truth is not. The truth is the same for everybody, but mm-hmm. the curriculum is highly individualized. And uh, I'm glad that uh, 
you know, Jamie shared that with us. Uh, kind of like I haven't thought of that for a while. I haven't thought of that quote for a while. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to go back and read that workbook lesson. It's amazing how we've talked about this before, how many things you can go to that you've, you've read, in some cases, many times before, and it almost has a whole new meaning for you. And I think that's how the course, uh, it's not, you don't just read the book and you're done with it. Uh, you read the book, but then the, the work goes on, you know, forever <laughs> or until forever is over. Uh, but because it keeps working with you, you keep finding yourself continuously peeling back those layers. That's true. Uh, you do keep working on it, but... Uh you know, that's something that people shouldn't be discouraged by because it is a better quality of life. Right. It's getting better all the time, as the Beatles yeah. said, you know. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, it's well worth doing, and uh, it does inspire peace, like that, you know, very beautiful mm-hmm. quote. And uh, it's definitely worth sticking with and, and definitely worth, uh, you know, peeling away those layers of the ego and, and having a, you know, a more full experience of who you really are which is uh, something that is beyond the universe of time and space. Yeah. Okay, cool. buddy, well... Uh, uh, my apologies for Jamie for taking so long to get to that, but I may have already discussed that with him when I, when, uh, I was uh, seeing him in person, but I'm, I knew he'd like to hear it brought up to you here, and it's a great... I'm really glad that we shared it at this moment, because I do think a lot of people will apply that one, that very quote. You can go back and hear it again. Absolutely. Cool. Um, Okay, that was about it. I think because we wanted to cover a few things today, I think we got to them all because you wanted to talk about your the, the European trip and the ULC. We did that uh, and talk about your upcoming trip to Japan and the big event in Hawaii and then the cruise for next year. So I think we've covered them for now. While you're in Hawaii, just and this don't don't hold us to this, everybody, because we're not sure. But what we hope to be able to do is connect while you're in Hawaii, which will be in about three or four weeks, um, and and do like a podcast recording. It'll be after the wedding, but while you're still somewhere in Hawaii. So that's at least our intention at this point. Yes, I'll probably be a married man for this yeah, podcast. That's right. So we think, but at least I managed to get in uh, thirty. With, uh, you know, being single. Right, you're 30 when you're single, and the next 30 you'll be married. That's right. So that'll give us uh, something to shoot for. That's right. Yeah. Um, And as we said before, of course, uh, you know, I usually mention this stuff later, but uh, Gary's website, of course, is GaryRenard.com, and you can find all that info, and and the upcoming cruise, when that info's ready, it'll be posted there as well. And the link to Cindy, which is under the Art and Revealed page, that's at your website as well. And people, right. people can go to forgiveness.tv, and I have some links there, including kind of a new mailing list thing. I'm just sort of getting started. You'll find a link to that there as well. And I have kind of a new project I'm working on. It's not ready yet, but it's going to be a, a narrative piece, spoken word, which will be uh, meditations based on A Course in Miracles. So people might be interested in that, and I'll keep everybody posted uh, we'll talk about it more in our next podcast. It might be ready to talk about by then, but just a little preview for everybody to think about right there. Great. Cool. That's great, buddy. And, of course, at iTunes. And we love it when people go to iTunes. Uh, write us a good review there because it, uh, it helps us with the uh, the rankings in the iTunes spirituality category. So uh, the, every time a good review comes in, I think it bumps us up a little bit in the ranks. So that's good. And, you know, if it's a good write-up, if you want to complain, just email me on that. <laughs> Yeah, we've done well with iTunes. We have. We've, we've routinely been, uh, you know, we're never out of the top 100. Most of the time, we're always in the top 50. And we have been in the top 10 a couple of times. Uh, usually, as we say, uh, Oprah, you know Oprah, the queen of the media, she usually is in the number one slot at spirituality category at iTunes with her uh, Oprah Spirit Channel podcast. But we have often been in the top 10 right along with her. And uh, that's pretty good company to be keeping. Yes, absolutely. If we butter her up enough on our shows, maybe she'll have us on her show. Maybe. We could do a great a great team, the two of us. As somebody suggested, we should be called the Irreverent Reverends, and we can, <laughs> we can go on, on over. I'll even do my Bandito live for her. Well, I think she'd get a kick out of that. <laughs> well, cool. All right, I know you got to run. Here's the theme song. Gareth, thanks so much, buddy. Listen, have a great trip to Japan, and I hope I talked to you before then, but congratulations on the upcoming big event. Oh, thank you so much, and uh, love to you and Helen, and uh, we'll do it again soon. We'll talk soon, and we'll uh, we'll take it from there. Safe travels, my friend, and we will talk soon. Okay, bye. Thanks, buddy. Bye. And as you guys all know, the Gary Renard Podcast is a production of Enlighten Up Creation, presented by Forgiveness.tv. All verbal content of this program is copyright 2009, Gary Renard and Gene Bogart. I already mentioned all the websites, so I don't have to tell you again. If you missed them, you can hit the rewind button. Some people say, you know, Gene, you, you know, you talk a lot at the end. Well, fast forward. You have the podcast. You can do what you want with it. 
But I do love hearing from you, so by all means, drop me emails. You know it's gene at genebogart.com or the other one, the uh, forgiveness.tv at gmail.com. That's uh, also located at the forgiveness.tv homepage. You'll find a link to that. And then if we can get that, uh, that little email group going, we'll make some sense of it all. I'm Gene Bogart, trying to make some sense of it all. And I think I've covered everything. It's time for me to go as well. Am I going to Japan? No. No, I'm here in South Florida. But listen, as we always like to remind you, there's one thing to keep in mind no matter what the situation or question. Forgiveness is always the answer. I don't know if you're still there. Yeah. Hey, how about that?